When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, friend, and welcome back to Foul Play, where we explore chilling mysteries that have remained unsolved for decades. In this two-part series, we'll be delving into the dark and terrifying story of the Monster of Florence, a serial killer who brutally murdered 16 people in the romantic hills of Tuscany between 1968 and 1985. In today's episode, we will focus on the gruesome crimes committed by this monster, an attempt to understand the possible motives behind those horrifying acts. The Monster of Florence, or Il Mostro di Frenze, in Italian, is a name that evokes pure dread in the hearts of those who know of the unidentified serial killer, who casts a shadow of terror across the picturesque countryside of Florence for almost 20 years. The monster preyed upon young couples in their cars, brutally murdering them and often mutilating the bodies of his female victims. The vicious nature of these crimes, coupled with the failure of authorities to apprehend the killer, has left an indelible stain on the breathtaking region of Tuscany. In the dead of night, on August 21st, 1968, a nightmare began when Antonio Lobianco and Barbalocci were found slain in their car in the small town of Signa. Locci's six-year-old son, who had been asleep in the back seat, was the sole witness to the gruesome murder. The boy, forever scarred by the horrifying events, could not provide any useful information to the police. The monster's thirst for blood was far from quenched. Seven more couples would fall victim to his heinous acts, with the killer employing the same modus operandi each time. The victims were typically assaulted in their cars, parked in secluded areas within the Tuscan countryside. The cold-hearted murderer 
used a 22 caliber Beretta firearm to shoot them, often at point-blank range, before mutilating the female victim, sometimes with chilling precision, as he removed their reproductive organs. As the body count rose, so did the public's fear and morbid curiosity surrounding the monster of Florence. The case became a media sensation, with newspapers devoting countless articles to the gruesome murders and the ongoing police investigation. Now we will delve deeper into each of the chilling crimes attributed to the monster of Florence. Although the overall pattern of the murders remain consistent, Unique aspects of each case may shed light on the killer's motivations and methods. With each terrifying account, we will attempt to peer into the twisted mind of this enigmatic figure, whose sinister actions have left a legacy of terror and heartache in the once peaceful region of Tuscany. The chilling saga of the monster of Florence began with the murder of Antonio and Barbara. Six years later... On September the 14th, 1974, the monster re-emerged in Borgo San Lorenzo, a picturesque town known for its medieval architecture. Pasquale Gentilcore and Stephanie Patini, a young couple out for a romantic evening, found themselves cornered by the merciless killer. In the aftermath, their bullet-riddled bodies were discovered in their car. Stephanie's corpse bore the horrifying mark of the monster. Her pubic area meticulously removed and placed in the car's glove compartment, alongside a used condom suggesting a possible sexual motive. Seven years later, on June the 6th, 1981, Giovanni Foggy and Carmela Denuccio fell victim to the monster in Scandisi, a suburb of Florence. The couple was ambushed in their car and their lifeless bodies were found riddled with bullets. In a chilling echo of the previous murder, Carmela's body was mutilated. Her pubic area was removed and placed nearby, along with a broken olive branch. The killer left a taunting message, scrawling, quote, I am the monster of Florence, end quote, in the dirt with a stick. A clear indication of his growing arrogance. Months later, on the night of October 23, 1981, Stefano Baldi and Susanna Cambi, a young couple deeply in love, met their gruesome fate in Calizano, another small town nestled in the rolling Tuscan hills. The couple had sought the privacy of a secluded area to spend their evening together. Unaware of the lurking menace, that would soon strike. The killer approached their vehicle, catching them off guard, and fired multiple shots through the car windows. Stefano and Susanna never even had a chance to escape. After their lifeless bodies slumped in their seats, the monster carried out his sadistic ritual on Susanna's body. She was found outside the car, partially undressed, and part of her pubic area removed with chilling surgical precision. The killer seemed to be honing his craft, perfecting the art of mutilation with each new victim. 
near the crime scene, investigators discovered an empty pack of cigarettes and a spent 22 caliber shell casing. These items offered potential clues, but they also served as a haunting reminder that the monster was still out there, watching and waiting for his next opportunity to strike. As fear gripped the region, the authorities doubled their efforts, desperate to stop the monster's reign of terror before more innocent lives were lost. Whilst before the crimes were rather spread apart, it seemed the monster was getting braver, with each gruesome incident occurring in quick succession. The following year, on the night of June the 19th, 1982, Paolo Maynardi and Antonella Miglierini were brutally attacked while parked on a quiet country lane in Vicio, a picturesque municipality known for its lush landscapes and historic charm. After firing multiple shots into the car, the monster dragged Antonella's lifeless body out of the vehicle and began his ghastly mutilation. He removed her reproductive organs with methodical precision and then, in a final act of indignity, used her blouse to cover her exposed chest. The brutality of this crime scene was a chilling testament to the monster's escalating depravity. Incredibly, despite being gravely injured, Paolo mustered the strength to drive the car a short distance away, leaving a trail of blood and shattered glass in his wake. His final act of desperation providing investigators with valuable evidence, including tyre tracks that hinted at the killer's escape route. In a stroke of luck, investigators also found a cigarette butt near the scene, which they hoped might contain the killer's DNA. Now armed with fresh leads, the authorities worked tirelessly to analyse the evidence and track down the perpetrator. But despite their efforts, the elusive killer continued to cast a dark shadow over the idyllic Tuscan countryside, and the residents wondered if they would ever be free from his reign of terror. The tension in the region was palpable as the locals lived in constant fear of the monster's next strike. And it came not long after. We've just scratched the surface of the eerie, perplexing case of the monster of Florence. But now, let's solve a smaller mystery. What are you going to eat during these action-packed holidays? Let Factor decode the enigma of meal prep for you. These chef-prepared, dietitian-approved meals are like the ultimate clue delivered right to your door. Put your culinary worries to rest and focus on the mysteries that really matter. With Factor, you're only two minutes away from unveiling a meal as captivating as our podcast. Craving something extraordinary? Factor's Gourmet Plus options feature premium ingredients that make every bite a revelation. Don't let this clue slip away. Head to factormeals.com slash foulplay50 and use code foulplay50 to get 50% off. That's code foulplay50 at factormeals.com slash foulplay50 
to get 50% off. Wilhelm Frederick Horst Meyer and Jens Uwe Rusch, two young German tourists camping near the town of Galuso on September 9, 1983, became his next victims. In a chilling departure from his modus operandi, the killer crept up on the unsuspecting couple in their tent, firing rounds on their sleeping bodies. Jen's body was later brutally mutilated, her pubic area and left breast removed, and her body draped with her own clothes. This brutal act signaled a terrifying escalation in the monster's behavior as he grew bolder and less predictable. In the summer of 1984, Claudio Stefanacci and Pia Gilda Rotini were mercilessly hunted down by the monster in the quaint town of Vico Pisano. Found shot to death in their car, Pia's body bore the horrifying marks of the monster's depravity. Once again, with her pubic area removed and her left breast almost severed and her body draped with her own clothes. Now, with the monster having become more gruesome and violent, the police were forced to put extra resources into this investigation. Little did the police know, they were too late. They would never find him, because the monster, it seems, was retiring. The monster's final attack occurred on a warm September night in the town of San Cachano in Val de Pesa, nestled among vineyards and olive groves. On September 8, 1985, French tourists Jean-Michel Cravicvili and Nadine Marriott, who were enjoying a romantic vacation in Italy, unwittingly became the final victims of the monster's twisted obsession. In our ongoing journey dissecting real-life mysteries, I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android, and join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery holding up? Mine's been draining lately, consumed by the darkness of true crime tales. But amidst the shadows, it's crucial to remember to prioritize our mental well-being. Just like unraveling a twisted plot, therapy helps me untangle the knots in my mind. It's about gaining clarity, finding strength, and reclaiming control over your life. Considering therapy, BetterHelp offers a lifeline in the darkness. It's completely online, giving you the freedom to seek help in your own terms. And with a simple questionnaire, you can be matched with a licensed therapist who understands your unique struggles. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com foul today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash foul, F-O-U-L. Looking for a new way to unwind after a long day? Say hello to Recess Mood, a healthier alternative that keeps your evenings light and your spirit high. With Recess Mood, you get the pleasure without the guilt. Made with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, Recess Mood lets you relax without alcohol or hangovers. It's just 20 calories per can, has no added sugar, and comes in four delightful flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. I've tried these myself, and whether I'm chilling at home or need a moment during downtime chaos, Recess Mood is my go-to refreshment. It's truly a guilt-free way to unwind. And now there's something special for all our listeners. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash Shane and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Their lifeless bodies were discovered in their white Volkswagen Golf riddled with bullets. The chilling scene revealed that the monster had once again mutilated his female victim in his signature style. Nadine's pubic area had been removed with surgical precision and placed nearby, covered by grape leaves as if in a twisted mockery of the region's natural beauty. In a futile attempt to save himself, Jean-Michel had tried to fight back against the monster, as evidenced by the defence wounds on his hands. This final confrontation was a testament to the victim's desperate struggle for survival, despite unspeakable evil. This gruesome tableau marked the end of the monster's blood-soaked reign of terror. The chilling mystery of the monster of Florence's true identity, however, continues to haunt the region and captivate true crime enthusiasts around the world. The persistent nature of his crimes, spanning over a decade, fueled a media frenzy and a relentless pursuit by law enforcement. Despite extensive investigations, numerous suspects and even several arrests, the identity of the monster of Florence remains a tantalising enigma. Theories circulated with some speculating that the killer might have been a member of a secret society or part of a larger criminal organisation. Others suggested that the monster may have been a skilled hunter or surgeon given the precision and expertise he displayed in his mutilations. As years have passed, the monster's chilling legacy continues to grip the imagination of those who are drawn to the dark underbelly of human nature. The unsolved mystery of the monster of Florence has become an enduring symbol of fear, obsession 
and the disturbing depth of human depravity. This gruesome tale of murder, mutilation, and unanswered questions serves as a chilling reminder that sometimes the most terrifying monsters are the ones that lurk in the shadows, their true faces forever hidden from view. As we venture further into the abyss of these horrifying crimes, we must also understand the possible motives behind the monster's actions. Although the true reasons may never be known, experts have suggested several theories to explain the killer's seemingly insatiable appetite for violence and mutilation. For one, deep-seated sexual sadism might have driven the monster of Florence. The specific mutilation of the female victim's bodies, especially the removal of their reproductive organs, suggests that the killer derived pleasure from inflicting pain and humiliation upon his victims. But this is only one possible explanation. And as we explore further, the theories become even more sinister. Some experts have suggested that the murders could have been part of a ceremonial or cult activity. The precision with which the mutilations were carried out, coupled with the specific targeting of couples in secluded areas, has led some to believe that the monster was following a strict set of rules or guidelines as part of a larger organized belief system. Despite these suspicions, no concrete evidence has been found to support this theory. In another chilling possibility, the monster may have been a trophy collector, taking macabre souvenirs from his victims to relive the experience of the murders. The removal of the female victim's reproductive organs and their body parts could have served as a chilling reminder of the killer's power and control over his victims. This possibility paints the monster as a methodical and calculated predator, taking pride in his gruesome trophies. Alternatively, the monster's motive may have been rooted in revenge or jealousy. The consistent targeting of young couples could suggest that the killer harbored a deep-seated resentment towards romantic relationships or was envious of the love and intimacy shared by his victims. This theory points to a more personal and emotional driving force behind the killings. More scary is the possibility that none of these motives drove the monster and that he only killed for the thrill of it. The taunting message left at the crime scene in Scandici could be an indication of the killer's arrogance and enjoyment of the cat-and-mouse game with the police. This possibility conjures an image of a cold-hearted and sadistic killer, enjoying the fear and terror he instilled in his victims and the authorities. As we examine these theories, the truth remains shrouded in mystery, leaving us to wonder 
what malevolent force drove the monster of Florence to commit such unspeakable acts of brutality. But one question remains. Why did the monster of Florence stop? As the spectre of the monster of Florence faded into the shadows after the brutal murder of French tourists Jean-Michel and Nardine, the lingering question of why the killings suddenly ceased continues to perplex those who have delved into the dark corners of this chilling case. Several theories have been proposed to shed light on this sudden silence. One possibility is that the monster met his own demise, either through an accident, illness or an act of violence, rendering him unable to continue his horrific crimes. In a twist of fate, the predator may have become prey, succumbing to the very violence that defined his existence. Another theory suggests that the monster may have been incarcerated for an unrelated crime, his bloodlust contained within the walls of a prison cell. In this scenario, the monster's true identity remains hidden behind bars, his murderous instincts lying dormant but not extinguished. It is also possible that the monster, sensing the tightening net of the investigation, chose to go into hiding or flee the region abandoning his hunting ground in Tuscany for new territory, where he continued his heinous acts undetective. Finally, some have speculated that the monster's psychological or physiological needs may have changed, leading to a transformation of his murderous compulsions. Perhaps the satisfaction derived from his grisly crimes was no longer enough to satiate the monster's twisted desires, leading him to seek other outlets for his perverse needs. As the theories surrounding the monster's sudden disappearance multiply and evolve, the truth remains elusive, shrouded in the mists of time and the dark recesses of a killer's mind. And so, the chilling legend of the monster of Florence endures a sinister enigma that continues to haunt the nightmares of those who dare to delve into its depths. As we conclude the first episode of our two-part series on the Monster of Florence, we are left with many chilling questions. Who was this brutal killer that terrorized the romantic hills of Tuscany for nearly two decades? In our next episode, we will delve into the investigations, theories, and findings surrounding this horrifying mystery. We will explore the numerous suspects and false leads that plagued the Italian police, as well as the international efforts to unmask the monster. Join us next time as we continue to unravel the dark secrets of the monster of Florence. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. 
Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.